Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A lot of times we're taught this is who you're supposed to be, this is who you should be, and this is who you need to be, and it's for the approval of other people in our family. And when none of that fits, it's just like you can either be conformed to an image that's not really you, or you can just, you know, just start unmasking and disrobing and saying, none of this just fits me. We can be really, Mm -hmm. really lazy and not want to do work. We, we say we want change and we say we want to be better, Speak but that. it's not going to happen if you're lazy that. with yeah. yourself, you know, just really yeah. unlearning and relearning. And that lack of learning and relearning shows up in our relationships, it shows up in our work, it shows up in our career. So it's easy to say you want something, but the proof of what you desire mm, is what yeah. you pursue. If you're not, if you're not pursuing change right. first, starting really within want, yourself, right. you don't really want what you say you do. It's just, it's just lip service. It's just lip service. It's just lip service. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, Wild Black, once again, with another amazing episode and another dope guest. Um, It's always wonderful when we get to invite someone who has a fast set of knowledge that can impart upon each of you and you grab something from it. But before I get into all that, I want to thank everybody who has been supporting the Wild Black Podcast for the many, many, many months and many, many episodes that we have dropped. Um, We appreciate it. We love y'all. Go ahead and share as much as possible. Send us your feedback. We listen to all of it. Uh, and we try our best to ensure that we give y'all a dope episode every single time. So today's guest is Letitia DeSouz. And Letitia is an Atlanta-based business coach and the CEO of Elite Wealth Enterprises, LLC. She provides business coaching to attorneys and entrepreneurs with a particular interest in helping women of color who want to break the seven-figure barrier. Letitia blends her expertise in mindset and strategy to create customized solutions to help her clients see massive shifts in life and business. In her spare time, Letitia enjoys traveling, experiencing new foods, and the ocean. Well, welcome to Wild Black. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So, you want to tell the, our, our listeners anything additional about, you know, the wonderful world of, of Letitia? Real quick, do you curse? just want to make sure. I cussed about five times before Look, you got she, here. Listen, I came, came in a little came late. Came in sorry. hot like okay. shit. Okay. It just, you know, it just felt, it felt real professional for a second. Mm-hmm. So before, uh-uh. I, you know, before I jumped in and did what we do, I'm I had a Libra, to make sure. I'm so, you know, I okay. can go to extremes okay, and I, I balance right I got you. I got you. That's what's up. That's what's up. Cardi B is my birthday twin. <laughs> you curse. You curse. It's out of Cardi B today. That's what's up. Exactly. Well, you know what? We got this thing called Wild Black Shit. And we're going to expose you to it today. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to hit you with the first question. Yeah, because I ain't never near ready. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> the second question. And then the third question is our signature question that we ask every single guest. All right? Mm-hmm. First two going to be random. You ready? Listen. We shall soon see. Let's, all right, let's <laughs> yes, go. we let's will. Go. All right. So many good things come in pairs, like Ashford and Simpson, Grandma's Couch and Plastic, Jay-Z and Beyonce, <laughs> and Pumps in the Bump. <laughs> so in that Everybody spirit, sang the song in their head. Right, right. And you I, saw I, Emma. I almost sang it. I was like, <laughs> right, do it though. <laughs> so in the spirit, or in that spirit, please complete the following popular black folks pairings. <laughs> yeah, you might as well go and get your chuckle ready. Right. All right. A big butt and a... Smile. Get them. Go ahead. One down. Crown and a... A crowning. I, I don't know. I, I am. I am um, of Hispanic origin as well, so I don't know if I qualify 100. Uh-uh, uh, you know, we <laughs> no, we, we know this right. Come on, right. It's a it's a drink. Everybody drink it outside underneath the shade tree. Crowning. Mm-hmm. It's a Coke? purple. Pe- okay. That is. See, look at that oh, you said a crown. You didn't say crown and mm-hmm. Coke. A crown. I said crown and. Oh, I but thought it, you said kinda, a crown. Mm-mm. Okay, crown and Coke. All right. Fridays, fried fish, and... Well, in Chicago, it's spaghetti. You from the shop. Nah. <laughs> you certified. What 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 type of spaghetti? You know, they get real specific. What type of spaghetti? Now, see... This might be a Mississippi thing. That might be that. I think <laughs> well, that is like, a Mississippi uh, thing. Meat and spaghetti. Just be the spaghetti with the sauce. Don't be no oh, meat to listen. it. Just be regular spaghetti. My Hell friend's no. mom used to make that. It was horrible. Yeah. I, I never understood it myself. Yeah. It was uh, just... Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Mm, that, tomato one, sauce that one is quick. But spaghetti, we knew but what spaghetti. it was. Right. Yes. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> Casey and JoJo. Yeah. She looked at you like, yeah. like wait a minute. I love what? Casey. He's clean now, I heard. <laughs> I hope so. I hope he's clean. No, for real. Oh my God. I heard that he was clean and yeah. I and love doing his Casey. Thing. Greens and Cornbread. You're knocking these out the damn Easy part. word. Liver onions and it's got to be rice. Rice is a good answer. Well, I, I, what else I, goes I, with rice? Liver, onions, and... I'll go with rice. Gravy on top of all of it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you you certified. <laughs> you cer- Look, why, why most of these motherfuckers is about food, bro? <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was hungry when I was doing it. Liver, onions. <laughs> hungry right now. Crazy. I almost stopped at Chick-fil-A on the way. I said, Listen, shit, I'm right, already right. late. I- <laughs> Let me get there. <laughs> I'm starving myself. All right, second question. Speaking of speaking of gravy, that was five. That was just one with uh, five parts. That was parts. one question. With yeah, okay. Oh, you okay. you. She thought she was already clear. Yeah, she thought it was like, over. All right, okay. Speaking of gravy, on the question number two, <laughs> just how do you make gravy from scratch? Because you know we don't use them damn packets. Flour and water. That's your final answer. The real answer is I don't make it. <laughs> the couple of times when but I she tried, tried to, she tried to front on it. No, a couple of times when I tried to make it, it was flour and water mm-hmm. and some some pepper or something. You know, black folks always be pushing back. Like, is this gravy made from home? Is it made from scratch? And most of us don't know how to do it. Flour and oil are the big big ingredients. Really? You, yeah, you throw your onions and your seasoning and whatever else, but. Flour and oil. Is what I don't that's even like that's gravy. Mississippi shit right there. Yeah, I, 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 I never. 
I hey. never saw that in our gravy in Chicago, but yeah, I don't yeah. like gravy now. It's yeah. flour and oil. Typically, you know, we'll cook some type of meat and we'll use the oil that's left in the pan and we'll pour oh, it in to start making the gravy. Now, that. if when you start adding large amounts of oil, now you start talking about like making a roof or a base for like oh, gumbo or etouffee or something like that. Hey, yeah, I eat. See, you fucking. I me eat up, too, but I eat more than I cook. So call me when it's ready. Right. Run I like, me down I like to eat. She said, call me when it's ready. Yes. Cooking is cool. I can yeah. pass on the cooking, but I like to eat. All right. Last final signature question. What do you love most about Life While Black? I love that Life While Black and Life While a Black Woman is just full of mystique, surprises, unlearning, relearning. It's just, it's just, it's been painful, but it's also been equally blissful. So I just love evolving and constantly becoming and learning. And, um, I just, well, I can only speak from the frame of reference of being black, but I just wouldn't be any other race, like, while going through this. Like, black people are really dope. Mm-hmm. Black women, especially. I love black women. Yeah, me too. I love am them. one. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Love them. So, I'll jump into the dope quote. Today's dope quote, let me back up. The dope quote is always something that's kind of kind of ground up the thematic of the episode. Okay. And today's dope quote does the same thing, I'm but myself. it's a slightly different <laughs> take on it, right? Today's dope quote is actually two different Ethiopian proverbs that I kind of pull together. Okay. And I, I think they lend themselves to our topic today. So the first one says, the fool speaks and the wise man listens. The second one says, he who learns teaches. The reason I pulled those is because when we start talking about coaching, specifically coaching in the black community, I think there's a big opportunity for some of us who feel like we know what the hell we're talking about to shut up and listen. Just take a second, listen to someone who's done it before, someone with a different perspective, something that can add value to you. And then when you get that value added, you then in turn should turn around and teach those behind you who need that same value. So that's why I pulled those together. But when you hear them, what comes to your mind? What do you think, especially in relationship to coaching and bettering ourselves? Can you repeat them here? I can. The fool speaks, mm-hmm. the wise man listens. Mm-hmm. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And then he who learns teaches. Well, the fool speaks and the wise man listens. I know for me, from a coaching standpoint, probably... 75 to 80% of what I do is listening. And coaching is really mastering the art of listening to people, mm-hmm. helping them feel felt. Right. I like to feel felt. I right. Like that. 
feel felt, be heard, and really uncovering what it is that they actually need and holding a safe space for them to give you that. You can't right. build trust capital with people without listening to them. Trust capital. Right. Like you can, you can't do it. So people really need a safe space. Uh, and coaching is really about creating that through listening. So even though I talk a lot as a coach, I listen more than I do anything. Gotcha. How do you encourage people? You know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to go there yet. Brother, you ready to get to the interview? It was the second, you forgot the, the second, second part of the oh, quote. Oh, shit, I'm Jesus sorry. Right. Learns, teaches. My bad, my bad. My right. Bad. Give me right, go ahead. <laughs> what was it? He, he who learns, teaches. Exactly. Um, I Actually, I think that's my purpose in life is to learn and to teach. Yeah. And then actually, I, I probably has, have been most effective in teaching the things that I needed to learn the most because... You know, faith comes by hearing, right. and I'm constantly hearing the thing that I'm teaching, and then it becomes more active in me. So definitely, everything that I absorb, all of the knowledge that I absorb, I pass it on. Like, I have a nickname, that's Letitiapedia. <laughs> like, right, because I learn a lot about a lot. You know, I just learn from life, and right. I apply all of that to the work that I right. do, and I teach it. Funny, Letitiapedia. I used to tell... My father and my brother, who are both no longer here, that they had this this trait that I didn't have. They knew I'm relatively smart, right? My <laughs> brother and my my father were wicked smart, like genius smart. And I used to tell them all the time, you know, all this shit that is use that is useless unless you're on Jeopardy. Like all they they had this amazingly <laughs> strong Jeopardy level of information. As much much as I, I, I love them. He used to irritate the shit out of me. <laughs> they knew all this shit right. that I just didn't know for how no you reason. All this I mean, random how, ass how do you even know the gravitational pull around Mars? Like, why do you know that? I had an uncle who is no longer with us, and we nicknamed him Ned, like the one on Good Times, because that was his day job. Um, and he would sit and watch Jeopardy, and he would know every answer. Like, I was doing research papers. He did, he knew. He gave me all the answers, so I didn't need an encyclopedia. It was him. Look, I, I want to I ask the first question. Sure. Yeah. What got you started in this space? Well, it wasn't intentional, um, but I think it was divine. All right. I was the person who navigated a lot of different things, trying to figure out what my thing was. Right. And finally, I was in Chicago. I was selling real estate for about nine years. And when I said, I'm really going to take this seriously, started my own brokerage, said, you know, I'm about to do the damn thing. I did that and I was like, I don't love this either. And I said, you know, what? I want to be a coach. Probably through the next six months, this is when the economic downturn came right. and the real estate market crashed. And so you um, had some good timing on that change. <laughs> right. But I found an opportunity to be a coach with an organization and the opportunity was only for two to six months. And I said, I'll just do this until the market bounces back. Right. And after that six months, I was the only person in my coaching cohort that they kept. And that took me into the world of coaching high level executives who were in transition from losing their jobs. So it was, that's what I mean. I said, I want to be a coach. Six months later, I was traveling the nation, helping people who were let go from fortune 500 companies. Cool. So I know that there are a lot of us who have heard of life coaches, business coaches, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to bet that a lot of us really don't truly understand what they do. Mm -hmm. So as compared to, say, a football coach mm -hmm. or a basketball coach, what does a life coach, what does a business coach actually do? And who should be looking for them? Well, 
so every all coaching is life coaching because okay. every area of your life, you know, is just going to intersect whatever it is that you're doing. People that come to me for business coaching, they come to me for specific business problems. Like it might be sales. They might want to grow their business. They might mm-hmm. be having marketing challenges, some business challenge that they they feel like is the real problem in their business. But usually when I dive into it and do a deep dive with them, mm-hmm. it's a life problem that's masking itself as a business problem. Like what, mm. What's an example of that? So... um, if you, like, just recently, I was telling him before you came in, I had a, a client, her her sales were hovering at about, the last three months, about 4000 5000 a month. And I said, what's your goal? She said, I would like to have consistent $20,000 months. So when I did a deep dive with her, I figured out it was a marketing issue. But the marketing was issue was really a mindset issue. Mm-hmm. She was having a challenge, like, just really putting herself out there because there was a disconnect in her being worthy of the $20,000 months. So she mm. was sabotaging the marketing efforts and not mashing the gas on what she needed to do. So she was her own problem. Correct. But if you think that the problem is in your business, you, right. and, and it's a mindset challenge, you, you can't see your own <laughs> thoughts. Like right, exactly. So you can't readily assess your own thoughts to really see what the challenge is. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. And that's legit because we we humans, we do rationalize things very Correct. well. Correct, because, because the other part of that is we're attached to stories that make that allow us to rationalize and justify things. So she would point to any other reason of why the challenge was there, but she's about to hit 20000 this month. Oh, nice. All right, she's about to hit it because I helped her identify what it was, take actions towards the new belief, and I'm holding her accountable to those actions. Hmm, I wonder if I can get a loan. Right, so her... Her mindset didn't change readily, but it's like taking new actions to create new results that will help you shift what you're thinking. She just would not have done that by herself. Do you, so I don't know if this is even a fair (laughs) question. Sure. Do you see that behavior more so in our community than others? Absolutely. Why do you think that is? Because we have conditioning from our families. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have conditioning as a culture. I want to tell you, probably 95% of challenges that I deal with people, I can track back to when they were children. Mm. Because until we're about seven or so, our minds are just wide open to whatever programming and conditioning is in our environment. So the way we think about money, relationships, and everything that we're going to go out in the world and do is shaped. Right. But you don't recognize that. But when you're out in the world and when you're making decisions, that programming is still there. So some people, like a lot of times, people can't make a lot of money or make the money that they want to make because they need to heal their relationship with worthiness. Mm. In, in my environment, I was made to feel unworthy. I was made to feel rejected. So anything that puts me in a position to get what it is that I say that I want, if, if subconsciously I'm still dealing with unworthiness, there's, I'm, I'm not going to push through. How do people start to, like, I get it, right? Yeah. Because I, I feel like I've been able to identify some of that in myself along the ways, right? Uh-huh. When I find myself on the path to success, but then I create reasons to be lazy or uh-huh. I create reasons not to get something done, right? Uh-huh. Procrastination and whatnot. Uh-huh. How do people begin to identify that? And, and when do they, how do they know when they need help? You know when you need help when you are stuck in cycles and patterns of behavior, when you when you consciously say, I want to do or be mm-hmm. or have something different than you do, 
but you, there just seems no way, no matter how hard you try or how bad you right. say you wanted to get there. So that person who's been, who's been telling their friends, their family, they've got this business plan in their head for the last five years, but nothing's come to fruition yet. That person needs to go get the You know what? Everybody needs a coach, honestly. Amen. Some people YouTube coaches or YouTube right. motivation, but the thing about motivation is motivation doesn't necessarily spur you to action. Right. Motivation, motivation makes you feel better. Coaching should help you be better because right. you have somebody that is your thought, thought partner that is helping you along this journey right. and helping you and, and calling you on your bullshit when you are just not doing what it is that you set out to do. We all, we all need that because for me, like just think about I'll think about my the guy that used to be my personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just about to die. He was like, I'm I'm, I'm certified, so you know what? If you die, I got you. <laughs> to keep going. I'm like, no, I can't go any further. He's like, you absolutely can, and you're Don't gonna worry, flip I'll bring these you back tires. To life, I got you. Correct. And so it was just like, and he he was challenging me to flip these tires. And after I flipped the first one, I was he was like, now flip them all the way down like this football field. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me because what I think my stopping point is and what right. I think is, is, it's a lot. And he's like, I'm looking at you and I can see your strength and I know you can go further. So because he had, he created that trust with me, I trusted him beyond what I felt was my own stopping point and ability. That's and I did it. Right. So right. now I have a new belief about what my, what possibilities are there and what limitations are that that was totally expanded for me right. because I did something different. But I would have stopped at my original point when I got exhausted, when I was like feeling nauseated. I was like, he's like, no, this is your mind tricking you right. that this is as far as you can go. So we need people to help us get further faster. So and, and here's the mm. trick. Now that you've done that, now that you move past that personal wall that you had with the help of a coach. When he or she is not at your side, do you think you can consistently get past that same wall? Um, I th- so for me, anyway, I'm progressive. Uh-huh. So there's because I'm reaching for the next thing, right, there's a new, there's a new wall. Gotcha. And so your need for coaches and the need for the kinds of coaches that you need may change over time. Right. But I wholeheartedly believe that your personal growth should proceed any other kind of growth. And like I was telling him, I, I just don't let the gas, I, I'm always mashing the gas on my growth. Right. So I just never get to the place where I'm comfortable and I'm saying I've grown all I can grow. Is it fair to akin a personal trainer to a business or life coach? Is it fair to kind of make look at the relationship in the same manner? Um, and I'm trying to create create the landscape where people can truly understand how best to utilize a business coach or a life coach. And I know they understand personal trainer. So sure, I I think that's a I think that's a fair analogy because, you know, personal trainers they know the body. Right. Um, business coaches sometimes know business. I know business, but I also know human behavior. Right. So I can help people, you know, on both ends. Right. So if you come to me with the business problem, I will definitely look at the business problem, but I will definitely find you that is wrapped up in the business problem. So I right. think you have people that have different areas of expertise. You know, and you yeah. have to find who you feel like aligns with your philosophy, how you work best. And, like, I'm not for everybody and everybody is not for me. Gotcha. I want, I want to, you talk about success your way. And before I get into success your way, I think, I think it's probably best to talk about our community at large. Sure. Right? So from your experience and all the work that you've done with our community, what is the one thing that you think collectively, holistically, that we need to do a better job of 
in order to begin to define success our way? Well, we need to do a better job of really determining what our values are for real. Mm-hmm. Like really doing the inner work to determine what your values are and having success be built off your values. Because it's easy to look at what's popular, what's trending, and kind of build a superficial sense of success based on that. Right. And a lot of people do that. They make a lot of money. They get a lot of notoriety and it's empty. Right. Yeah. You, you see people yeah. do that and they yep. commit suicide because it's empty. Because... It wasn't. It didn't really resonate with what their core values are because they probably the right hadn't take the time, taken the time to discover what that is. Right. So you need to have such a strong connection to yourself and build based on your values and stick to that. And those things need to be non-negotiable as you build what whatever success is to you. How would you describe the journey to discovering yourself or what your values really are? Um, well, I can only I can only speak about me. For me, a lot of that journey came through adversity. You know, a lot of that journey came through places of hardship, you know, dealing with domestic violence and overcoming that, being a single mom. Those things that make you take a step back and say, who am I really? How am I living? Is this how I want to live? Is there, there's got to be more. Like asking yourself those hard questions and sitting with yourself until you come up with some solid answers. For me, I I had to go. I couldn't do it by myself. God was my coach. I had to be like, wait a minute. You know, there's got to be more to my life than this. Mm -hmm. Um, There were so many times during my journey where I felt empty or I felt like I had more pain than a sense of purpose. But that pain is now my platform and and it's how I help other people because I can readily identify it. So I I had to do a lot of inner work, a whole lot of inner work and really um, dissecting and and disrobing just a lot of the layers. This is because here's the other thing. A lot of times we're taught this is who you're supposed to be. This is who you should be. And this is who yeah. you need to be. And it's for the approval of other people in our family. Right. And when none of that fits, it's just like you can either be conformed to an image that's not really you or you can just go and just, you know, just start unmasking and disrobing and saying none of this just fits me. Yeah, my 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 dad has a um, a saying: adversity introduces one to himself. Yeah, I met and, myself all the. You know how many and, times I met myself? Right, like, right, damn, right. It's and you I again. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And it's almost like you should embrace that adversity. Sounds yeah. like the movie Us. <laughs> Y'all don't see that. That's what? what it sounds yeah. like to me. The movie Us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know that that's just something we can be really really lazy. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And not want to do work. We we say we want change and we say we want to be better, but it's not going to happen if you're lazy. That's with true, yourself, man. you know, just really unlearning and relearning. Yeah. And that lack of learning and relearning shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our work. It shows up in our career. So it's easy to say you want something, but the proof of what you desire is what you pursue. If you're Amen not if you're that. not pursuing change first, starting within yourself, right. you, don't you don't really, really want, want what you say right. you do. It's just it's just right. lip service. So you're you're in love with saying it out loud, but not Correct. necessarily doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so check this out. I know growing up. And maybe as adults, we all heard this, right? At some point, a mother, a father, a grandmother, someone said, I want to smack some sense into you, right? At some point, that threat has been levied on most of us. What is the sense you want to smack into us? And please don't hit me. 
See, don't worry, Nick. You see, I, I moved away from a lot of my dysfunctional behaviors, so I don't, I don't want. <laughs> what's, I don't the, wanna, what's the sense you want to metaphorically smack into us? Then I would really like for people to just give a lot of thought to how they're showing up in life every day, mm-hmm. because nothing is ever about you or only affects you. So how you're showing up in life is going to affect your children. It's going to affect your significant other. It's going Mm. to affect so many other people. And so we always speak about legacy when people die, but what about your living legacy? Yeah, You know, how how are people affected by you now while you are alive? And if it's not in a way that you're proud of, correct, then use the energy and the time, the resources that you have to change that. I like that. Mm. Okay, so back to success a little bit. <laughs> you talk about success your way, uh, defying other people's definition of success. Break that down a little bit. And, and I guess I'll add, I'll add context, right? When I think about most of the time when I've started a business or when I've been around people who have started businesses, you're always told it's going to be super hard, so get ready. And, and I think a lot of us internalize <laughs> yeah. that super hard and then when it's maybe easier, we make it hard, right? So I think we, like to your point earlier, we kind of get in the way of success. And I don't think we truly embrace success our way. We try to go after success the way someone else said. So what is success our way? And how do we, how do we create that? Okay, so you, you made me think about uh, something that I want to smack. I'm sorry, not smack, say. <laughs> And that is was this, my question that bad? Right. No, I made a thing about smack. But when you know when you say success your way, one of the things that I have learned is you know like this whole starting from the bottom. Now we're here. This toil and struggle, team no sleep. You got to grind it out. Right. That that's not success my way. Right. So you're showing up healthy, sacrificing your relationships and everything right. and to, to get this definition of success that, that may not even fit you. Yeah. Everything just doesn't have to be so hard. Mm-hmm. But because we're conditioned and we've had such hardships as a people, we just embrace that. And so hard work and things being really hard is mm-hmm. almost like a badge of honor. True. Right. So things that come eat, this this was a huge mindset thing for me. My coach, my coach, my coaches were like, so because something is easy for you, you're having a problem with it because you've been conditioned that it's supposed to be hard. So you're gonna throw all kind of roadblocks and obstacles in your path just so you get this uh feeling of it being hard. Because when things came so easily and so quickly for me, I was like, it this almost feels right. unethical. It just couldn't right. be this easy. Right. And they're like, no, it can be. It can be. Everybody that has conditioned you and your family and everything that you've been around that is supposed to be so hard, that is not the way that it has and to be. And most of them haven't done it. Correct. So <laughs> and when you do it like you do it. Correct. So when things would come easily for me, it made me feel alone. It made me feel like I didn't fit because I didn't. Mm. Right? Because it was just like, well, who? But in that case, who, you don't want to fit. It, but it was just yeah, like, well, who, who are you? Yeah. Exactly. It's supposed to be hard. Everybody around you is struggling with the same thing and you figure something out and it's easy for you. But right. I've always heard like you can't get broke enough to make a broke person rich or you can't get sick enough to mm. make a sick person well. So I don't have to recreate your experience. Right. right. I, I, I'm, I'm OK with that now. But forever and ever, I was like, this is so hard. Because I was programmed that it was supposed to be. Yeah, my so, father. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just about to say. So success my way. I'm not. I'm not interested in hard. I'm not interested in toiling and struggling. I'm not interested in just 
oh, man, you start at the bottom and now you're here and you got to work your way incrementally. You can quantum leap your way to certain we things. We should not with your be mindset. interested in that. No, but, but I'm yeah, saying it's, it's, it's a very prevalent mindset yeah, it's, that it's we, we accept. We're told that so many yeah. times. Correct. Yeah. So when I see people like, let's grind it out and team no sleep, I'm automatically tired. I'm asleep. I, I know. Right. I and it, it do feel like a badge of honor. Too, like, I'm like team, I grind you in the morning. Seriously, yeah. like but people it, it are feels really better known. to actually go to sleep and think about some shit and then wake up. But like, it almost oh, shit, feels like you're cheating to people. So people are known, like, you know what? And, and they work people. so hard. Right. <laughs> I know a lot yeah. of people that work hard and they never have anything that they wanted to show for. Mm-hmm. So how do we change that? Working hard or harder is obviously not the answer by itself. Yeah, I know I know yeah. so many that people so who true. use that I'm busy and I work hard as that bad. Right. Be- because being busy or working or grinding it, it it creates activity, but it's not necessarily productive or effective. Right. The measure should be well. What did you get done? Correct. Yeah. What value How many did steps? you produce? Right. How exactly. did you move the needle forward towards what you said that you wanted, wanted to, to do, do or what you set out for? Because with all the busyness and everything that we're doing, we need to be measuring. If you're not yeah. getting closer to what you say you want, then you need to go back. So yeah. success, my way, is definitely not in anything that requires just like. Toiling and struggling. I'm not. I'm not interested. Yeah, my father hmm. told me a couple of times, and I probably, I'm probably going to mess it up, but it was basically that um, we we talk about. I'm, I'm trying to think how to even. How did he put it? If if it wasn't hard, everyone would have it. And then he came back and said that the reality was, if everyone was driven and less lazy, everyone would have it. That was basically the way he put it. I didn't say it nearly as well, but it's something that stuck with me and kind of helped me to do things that along the way that people expected that I shouldn't be able to do. And honestly, some of the times I, I didn't believe that I could do it until I started doing it. But see, that's what time. I was going to say. What you yeah. said, if people believe that they could have it, yeah. that would be different. If people have the frame of mind, sometimes people don't pursue things because it's not even possible just yeah. like in their in frame their of mind. reference. It's, it's not even, it's so far outside of their frame of reference that I'm not pursuing this because yeah. this is not something that's possible. I'm yeah. A, I can do anything. That is my model today. You know what else? See, you triggered me. I was telling him good. about triggers, right? You triggered me another... Well, a, it's a good trigger, right? It's, it's well, it depends. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> the other thing that I see a lot when I'm working with People of color, um, because they're not always black. Sometimes they're, right. they're yeah, brown. Right. Is we tend to look at things as expenses versus being an investment. Right. Coaching, for example, is an investment. Health right. insurance is an investment in a better life. So we are like, well, how much is it going to cost? That's mm. that's the first question. Or this is too expensive. What's the frame of reference for expensive? Because D.L. Hughley said being broke, being broke is the most expensive thing out there. Right. Yeah. yeah so we, we just have to start looking at things in, in a different way yeah. and just thinking like my health insurance or gym membership or those things that help me have a better quality of life. Right. Those mm-hmm. are investments in me. I'm, I'm my best investment. So I yeah. have a coach. My investment and right. my investment wasn't into him. It was into me. Right. Yeah. So we think expenses and how much is this going to cost you? What can you benefit? What's the ROI on you, your best investment? And so we just need to really be around people that provoke us to think about that in a different way. So as opposed to what is this going to cost me? The question then becomes, what am I going to get from this? And the other thing (laughs) is something that we don't, we haven't been taught is you can always find the money. 
When I yes. when I learned that lesson, yeah, yeah. yep, I that's was a like, big lesson we need. You mm-hmm. can all, you can always find the money. I've had I've had to do it twice, and they were like, the the money is there. You you can always find the money, but it was a mindset. It was that like so true, make the decision first. And then the, you will figure out the money. Not yep. like magically thinking that something right. is going to happen. But here's what happens. You make a decision for something because you want something. You make a firm right. decision for it. You will be presented with an opportunity to get those resources. But what typically happens is you have to grow right. into this, this. So say, for example, if you need to pay $15,000 for something and you, you make the decision to do it and you can get $15,000 on a credit card. You say, now, why would I go into debt yeah. for something like this? Why, that, well, why? That was your resource right but, there. Correct. But what, yeah. is, what is the rest of your debt for? It's for depreciating things. You're investing in something that right. could yield, you know, $50,000 or something right. like that. So we're, we just don't think that way. Right. And so we miss making decisions and taking opportunities and risks to further us because it's going to require us to grow. And I want to be yeah. really clear for the listeners. What, what we're saying here is not simply walk outside and Mm -mm. money's there. We are not simply saying that you don't have it because you're not doing it right. What we are saying is it turns into your prioritization and you're you're willing to to think differently and act differently to find a different result. And that is how you create, put yourself in a position to create the money that you need. And the realization that the options do exist However, you will have to grow in order to exercise those options. And you need people to help you see those options. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking to the people that are around you most of the time, they're probably not going to see those options because, you know, like water seeks its own level. We're typically around people that we're comfortable with. Absolutely. So the people that have grown me were not people that were right in my inner circle. Yeah. They they were people who were outside of everything that I was accustomed to being array exactly. And I was like, either you out of your mind or no, you're just out of mind. So I'm I'm coming over there (laughs) because this is a higher level of thinking. And so it's going to require me to grow to see these results. So the people that were readily around me, they weren't, they weren't, it just wasn't their frame of reference. My, let me see, my, gra- my great-grandfather, mm-hmm. I never knew him. Right. Um, but there was a professor in, at the University of New Jersey who was doing research, and he sent us 40 pages of history. My great-grandfather was, in fact, an attorney, a prominent attorney in Chicago. Wow. He started a union for West Indian and Panamanian workers, and he amassed millions of dollars in land and resources. Right. And it was stolen from him by the mm. government, and they shut that down. But just the thought that just three generations back, there was, you know, land and millions in my family yeah, that what, I don't see. What that could be today. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to get that. <laughs> I got to get that back. Exactly. Right. So my mind— Somebody owes me something. Let me cor- go get I'm it. I'm just saying, right. well, how you, you going to get just, it? Correct, like three generations back, just just only three. You know, my yeah. grandfather, my not, mother, not, my grandfather. Not far away. Exactly. And so to just have that history and have such a rich history and nothing in my family like that looks like that right now, that's yeah. what I mean about legacies. You're living legacy and what you're passing on. And yeah. so that whole wealth, that generational wealth, I think is super, super important. But it always what takes a person— to be awakened and feel a sense of responsibility right. to go and get that and to cause that to be restored. And just, so I feel just that. Just think if you could figure out who took it way back then and look at what they've turned it into today, right? To be able to recognize that their yeah. wealth was built off what they took from you and your family. Because yeah. I, I have a feeling that someplace in our lineage, that story is probably very common for Absolutely. all of Absolutely, right? yeah. Someone had yeah. something that was taken yep. away from them. We, therefore, don't have and couldn't build upon today. Yep. 
Exactly. But, you know, just so many of our our family legacies are not entrepreneurial. They're hard work. They're, you know, survival. So to think that, okay, this is prominent Chicago businessman, entrepreneur, you know, millions, that is so um, misaligned with what I see in my family right Right. now. right? Right. So I just I think we need to see more of that and we need to be very intentional about creating that, having entrepreneurship and legacy conversations with our children. And it's just just something that I don't... So even in my work as a business coach, it's not just the person that I'm coaching. It's like, what are are we passing on to your children? You know, what are are we doing beyond you? So this is not, to me, just work that I chose. This is work that I'm called to do. I love it. I think that creates a very easy segue into what I want to talk about next. All right. Which is (laughs) entrepreneurship, right? And you... you one of the cores that you live by is helping to move people from employee to entrepreneur, right? So what does it take to make that leap from employee to entrepreneur, to being able to start that wealth building? What, what type of mindset change? What type of things need to happen? And specifically, think about it like this. Think, of, think that you're talking to this young or older brother or sister who's had this idea in their head, say, for the last two or three years. What would you advise them to do? just to get moving? Um, so, you, have you ever, I'm sure you've heard it, you know how they say failure is not an option? Mm-hmm. Failure has to be an option. Yep. Because failure is how you get feedback. Fail fast. And, fail and, and correct. So we, we internalize failure and think that makes us a failure, but if you're not willing to fail, then you ultimately are not willing to succeed. Right. So failure has to be an option because mm-hmm. you need feedback. And um, I would definitely say, Get as invested as you possibly can in your personal growth and in your mindset because you're going to have to have the mental toughness of a warrior to -hmm. really stick it through and to see it through. Amen. I've been there before. Amen to that. The other part is quit happens. You know how many times I've quit? I, I didn't, like I didn't, quit I didn't stay quit, but <laughs> you quit. You just is like, you know what? I'm just not built for this. But something on the inside of you just rises up again and say you're meant for more. But understanding that, you know, quit happens. And what does the song say? Um, I was just singing this again. Um, power is like, I never took a straight path nowhere. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Life is full of twists. It's the same way with entrepreneurship. It's not a straight path. So... The learning and the growth process is really about who you're becoming. It's not just the idea. Right. Um, the other thing that I would say is you mm. don't have to have it all figured out. What is the next step that you can take? If research is your is your next step, then research, and then you'll get the next step. Right. Most people don't start with the full plan, and if they do, the plan is going to change. I was I was just going the plan to say, is exactly going to change. To not, Correct. You will end up so it. yeah, you just go, just just make it as easy as you can. What's the next step? Right. Then once you take that step, what's the next step? Right. I was like. Okay, I need a 15-page business plan. And I didn't get to page two before quit happens because I was overwhelmed. And I was all the... When you are so far out in the future, it creates anxiety. I tell people all the time that, in all honesty, and, and I've created several businesses now, a business plan is one of the worst ideas. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. 
And it, it, it really it re- is. It is, right? It, I, I get having a vision plan because vision is much broad. Yeah. But a business plan truly isn't really needed until your business is running and you're looking for funding. Yeah. I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. unless you unless you need somebody to right. run you some money, right. then, then you, you need take it. it to the bank. But exactly. by that point, you've you, worked you, out the kinks correct. you know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. You, it's almost like you need a you need to just start. Yes. Fuck a business plan. Just start. And then yeah. as you work throughout this idea. Yep. The business plan the is business a living plan document. Will, will, will fucking <laughs> right. begin to form. You know, the other thing that I think is sometimes yep. people separate business from life and so people have a successful business and a horrible life. Mm. So the business needs to serve your life's vision. Yes. What is your life's vision? Yeah, Right? Because otherwise you're just going to own a job. Ad, right? That business is going to be your like baby instead of it job. being a mule. I like that. Right. You, like you that. ultimately want your business to be your, your mule and to serve you, not right. a baby where it's right. just, I know people that cannot detach from their their businesses to have a life because they own a job. Exactly. So you, so truthfully, what is your life's vision? How are you going to use this business to create a life that you love? And that's personally, professionally, and financially, financially, relationally, like what does your life vision look like? And the business is just one part of it because we're given to extremes. Right. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about hmm. quitting. And the reason I bring that up is because we, we all have heard Winners never quit. We've all been told, don't quit, That's keep going, yeah. right? Just right. give I, people I, permission to quit a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit more, please. Um, here's the thing. Everybody has a stopping point. And you have to be honest with yourself about what your stopping point is. That's mm-hmm. why it's so helpful. If you're not willing to invest in a coach, who is somebody that will hold you accountable? Who is somebody that will, will call you on your BS and hold a space for you when you want to quit? hold a space for you to go through whatever you need to go through emotionally and still mm. remind you of there's a higher and better version of you that we're waiting to show up. You need mm. that. Because otherwise, you will get in your own head and quitting, you'll rationalize your, you'll rationalize quitting. Like, you know, life happened, a lot of stuff came, you know, I'll get back to it when and then what happens. Right. Right. So it's it's okay to pause, to take a break. If you quit, but if you're, if something is really, really in your heart, you can't. It's gonna bother you. It's yeah. gonna it's going to to nag at you inside of you. I don't care what it is that you're doing. Like my coach taught me this. He said, Do you know that the word desire really means of the father? I was like, uh-uh. So he was talking about mm. the difference between desire and lust and want. Like desire is unshakable. I don't care what you do and where you go and what you happen to to create for yourself. That desire is like, hey. I, I, I'm, I'm still right here. And so people, you know, we, we have these sayings and these quotes. People always say success leaves clues. But everybody's mm. looking for the clues and what other people have done instead of looking in your own heart. Mm. A clue to your success is what's in your heart. What makes you come alive? What is that unshakable thing that regardless of how absurd or how impossible it might seem, mm. this thing is still, you know, is like in your heart. And so me wanting to help women of color break the seven-figure barrier. Right. I was like, you know what? I can find more noble causes or other things that I can do with myself. But I can remember last year saying, I create millionaires. That wasn't just something consciously that I said because it was something that I wanted to do. That was a desire that was in my heart. And so I'm going to take that desire as a clue to my success is that that's a part of my path. Mm. That's what I mean. If I listen to what other people tell me, they'll be like, listen, that's right. No, I'm going to go, and that is a part of success for me, is creating million-dollar businesses for women of color. We barely make the six-figure. Right. We barely make it there. So creating seven-figure businesses, 
It's just something that I'm going to do. I love it. I've done it twice. So it's just, you know, I want to do it two times, many, many times over. I love that. What's the reaction you get from people when they hear that you want to create the audacity figure? Black women, <laughs> women of color businesses. You know what? It's the reaction that I that I've. Um, I one of the things that actually stalled me a lot that I didn't realize. My grandmother, when I was younger, she was just like, "You think you're so fucking much." So it was that that was that that family thing of like, "Who do you think you are yeah. to want this?" So it's not uncommon for people to have a reaction of sometimes disdain or sometimes who do you think you are? You have to understand when you when you say or do things that are outside of a person's frame of reference, they're going to have a reaction to it because it makes them uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, now that I understand that, I can just be compassionate towards that person. I don't need their approval or their validation. We just operate in two, two very different places. So I'm not really concerned about people's reactions. I'm more interested in the people that that's something in their heart that they want to pursue. Right, right, right. People always have a reaction, you know, people, because most people don't think that that's something is possible. <laughs> because they probably can't do it. I, I mean, most people just, like, we say, you know, earning they can't do it? earning six figures as an employee is like, okay, wow, you, you just made it. So to say that you're creating a seven-figure business, like, what kind of barriers are you breaking as a woman, as mm-hmm. a woman of color? You're really breaking barriers, and especially— um, most, like I said, most women don't break the six-figure marketing business. African American women are starting businesses, though, at just like an alarming rate. Yeah. But you know what happens with those businesses? Else right now. They don't become as profitable. We don't hire. We don't scale those businesses, and so we need to be finishers in the world of starters. We're we're, we're good on the yeah. starting end, but we we need somebody to help us go the extra mile and and scale and operate in technological excellence and in business excellence. We need those resources. What's missing and how mm-hmm. come there are not more use to help create more finishers? Cuz I'm one of a kind. Of <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, you know what? Now here's right the thing. Real quick. Yeah. There there are a ton of coaches, right? There there are a, a ton of coaches in my experience. Right. I don't see a lot of us that have been investing in coaches. Right. Um, yeah. That th- that's a huge thing and so that's, that's a worthiness here. issue, correct? Like you have to understand as an entrepreneur, as a business person, you are your best investment and so yeah. you need you've got DIYers, right? And that's fine, but if if you want to skip to the front of the line, so to speak, and just get somebody, I will pay for somebody's expertise if it's going to help me shortcut right. my learning curve. That's that's just me because I want to operate in what's the highest and best use of my time. Right. So if you can help me and I can cut out some of the things that I would otherwise need to, you know, do or learn, then I'm going to invest in that and look at it as an investment in myself. So the reason why there are not more of me's is because the other thing, um, the person who who referred me, she was just like, we need you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, y'all gonna have to pay for me. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes a that becomes a different thing because two You talking about the person who referred you to hit to, to us you, here? correct. Eklund, exactly. Hey, Eklund, what's happening? She's ma'am? like, we need She's you. So right. She's like, we need you. And I was like, correct. And I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with women of color, and it's just like, well, tell me about your price. I told you the price. Well, what else did you want to know? 
Right. And so you, you're just going to get grilled and you're going to go through all of these other things because it's consciously and inwardly how we feel about ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right, so right. Um, that in and of itself sometimes is a challenge and it's a mindset. Right. It's, it's a mindset challenge. So um, there's there's a lot of layers of that, but you have to understand that you are your best investment. If you're going right. to spend money on anything, yeah. spend it on yourself. Invest in yourself. Get the knowledge. Get the resources. The other thing about coaching is people are like, you know, what do I need a coach for? I'm not a cookie cutter coach. I customize coaching for people that I work with. So what I do with one person, like somebody cooking from scratch, even though I don't cook, I don't make gravy, just let's be clear. <laughs> um, I customize what I do with people. So it's not a cookie cutter plan. Like right. I actually sit and listen and research and deep dive with them and customize plans for them. So that might be mindset, but it's always going to be an action strategy. It's actionable strategies. And we're measuring that to help us get towards the goal. Right. So coaching is also an investment for me because it's an energetic exchange. So it's like you're investing your whole mind and soul into somebody's success and into their potential. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to, hmm. actually, before we jump into the next segment, I do want to, listeners, she mentioned Eklund. Eklund is an attorney <laughs> here in Atlanta who is super dope, super vibrant, and has a whole lot to say. And amazing. Uh, right? If you're interested in learning a little bit more about skilled. your rights and how to survive the police, go back and listen to episode two. Eklund was actually our very first guest on Wild Black. Eklund, you really taking up my time on the podcast, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so talking, you, you began to talk about the investment in self, right? And you're, you're so right. We will invest in other things, ideas, projects, and people so much faster than we invest in ourselves. So I want to start talking about what, what that investment looks like. So for people who are listening and considering, what does it cost to work with a coach? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that depends right. on what yeah. your goals are, and it depends on the kind of coaching that you want. So you yeah. have coaches that might focus on relationships or you have coaches that might focus on your social media. Right. Um, coaching is a pretty word for what I do. Right. But behind everything that I do, I'm a strategist. Okay, so gotcha. I'm I'm strat so for example, um I work with people. I'm looking at them on TV. I'm looking at them in courtrooms. I'm looking at them in places that you would never see me. And so they're doing the work and they have all the outer success of what it is that you're doing. But behind the scenes where the shit show is, mm -hmm. I'm the strategist. Like, okay, here's what we need to do. Here's the move that we need to make to get this done. So most of my coaching clients are, oh, I know what that was. most of my coaching clients are higher level executives or entrepreneurs. And that's just right. because I coached at that level for so long. Right. And I need people who are ready to execute. Gotcha. But if you're somebody who needs a little bit, and, and, and everybody has a place where they're starting. If you're somebody that you're just starting and you need a little bit more hand-holding, you want to find a coach that works with you at your level. That might be a group program. That might be, and you're, you're going to invest at least probably three to five grand. Gotcha. You, just really. Which one you're, if you're trying to grow your business significantly. Yeah. yeah. You're, that's you're, not even, and that's and not that, even a that might be campaign. that might be on the low end, right? right it it yeah. might be three to five grand that you're going because you've got to think about it as an investment. So I used to work with people for three months, right? Right. I don't do that anymore. My coach helped me to see you're doing a disservice to people 
when sometimes it takes people three months just to kind of get their bearings, yeah. right? So I don't I don't do that anymore because the reason I did that is because I was trying to make it more affordable right, for people to, to be like, okay, let me let me let me dumb this down, not dumb it down, but let yeah. me let me bring this down. When actually coaching is a call for you to come up, I, I would almost expect that that would hurt business more than it would help because in that time frame they're just getting used to what you can offer and then because it was like you know what let's let's see if we're a good fit and let's 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 just ease you into this right. but that's 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 not my model anymore I'm ready right. for people who are ready to mash the gas right. and be all in because I'm going to be all in with you right. so like I, I was telling him yoked in that correct hand. I right. have a coach and so you learn and you grow and I realize that to serve people at the highest and best level, we need to be working together longer than that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So mm. right now, I guarantee you, there's someone that's listening and they're they're saying to themselves, I don't need someone who's going to call and remind me to get my checklist done. <laughs> get my what done? My checklist done. Uh-huh. Right? I don't need someone who's going to call and, and ask me, did I make it to my meetings on time? So let, let's clear up some misconceptions. Sure. What does a coach not do? And what does a coach do? So one one of the misconceptions that people have is they think that a coach and a consultant do the same thing. Okay. If you are the kind of person that needs somebody to tell you what the answer is, you need a consultant because a coach is going to draw the answer out of you. A coach is going to unlock what it is that you say you want mm-hmm. and help you on the path to get there while holding you accountable. A, ho- a coach is not going to tell you what it is that you want. Right. They're going to help you get clear on what it is that you want. But sometimes because like, how can I put this? We've been conditioned, and in our families, we didn't have options to choose. Right. We expect, we don't, we're not clear or in touch with ourselves enough to know what it is that we want. And so we like the consultant role where the coach is telling you, here's what you need to do and go do this and call me when you do it. That's not, that's not really coaching. Now, if you want a consultant, that's fine. But, but coaching, you have to show up and get really clear on what it is that you want. Gotcha. And that person or persons or whatever that model is should help you create a roadmap to get there. And it's measurable. It's not just like, oh, did you feel better this week? Well, great. So we're we're being successful. We need to be able to measure whatever it is that you're that you're doing. Um and if we and if we didn't meet the goal, what what did we miss? Right. Where where might there be there be opportunities for growth? Um the other thing is that at the end of the day, it's about strategy to get you from point A to point B. Right. We, realistically, you know that either you can't get there by yourself or you want to get there further right. than you could get there by yourself. Or right. maybe you want to pivot and go in a different direction. I have people that have been incredibly successful in their businesses and now they want to do something else and they feel trapped. My right. brand is this. This is all people know me for. How do I do something different, right? right? And so people come to me with a myriad of things. Um, yeah, so that that is really cool. You know what else people have to change for coaching? What's that? These things just come up. So, you know, my, my stuff comes up randomly. The, the biggest thing that I would say, Eklund knows about this, is really changing your toleration point. So <laughs> those are conversations that I have with people. Why are you tolerating this? Mm. Because we tolerate things because we feel like we can't have anything differently. Right. So to really have something different, you have to change your toleration so you're point. you're saying put up with less. 
you know, you have to change your toleration point. Like whatever exists in your life, your life, my life right now is because we tolerate it, good or right, bad. We, right. we tolerate it. Correct. If yep. you want something different, you can't just say it. You have to change your toleration right. point. Like this, this is just not going to do for me anymore. Yeah. And when you decide there's no other options, that is the mind frame you need to be. And then you have a coach to help you because otherwise you're going to get frustrated because you're not really showing up to do what you said you want to do. Right. When you're ready to change your toleration point and decide, and, and we can tolerate a lot of things that are other than what we'd like them to be, gotcha. unfortunately. So what we've heard today is that <laughs> you're there to support people in their personal development and growth, redefining what success is and how they go about it. You're there to help people in their professional growth to go from that employee mindset to the entrepreneur mindset. But we haven't talked about your role in the financial aspect of things. So how does what you do from a financial perspective weave in and fit with the rest of the narrative we painted around you today? The financial perspective, um, numbers matter. Right. And just like so many other numbers that we don't like to look at, like blood pressure and cholesterol, a lot of times we are either um, willfully ignorant or just ignorant and uneducated about the numbers and the numbers matter. In business, right. numbers matter. Right. So you need to know what your numbers are. You need to understand basic financial things, credit, business credit, um, provident law statements and budgeting, like right. basics. And a lot of times people go and they have these great business ideas and they have no idea about anything financial. And right. so that means that you're going to be disempowered because you, you, you don't really know like what makes you profitable. Right. How much your prices should be for you, you to be profitable. You don't really be. know. You don't know profit margin. You don't know. Input costs. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> you just, you're just right. busy doing something right. and you're not, you're not measuring because you don't know how to measure. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What was the income for the last three months, for the last six? You know, what's your overhead? Like, just really creating a budget right. for people, is just, for business people, is right. just something sometimes is just really, really hard to do. And until you can outsource that to somebody else, even right. when you can't outsource you it, you still need to understand yeah, yeah. your numbers. Yep. Exactly. So Otherwise, that is you don't know huge. you taking advantage of. Yes. Yeah. Of all that you've seen, all that you've done, what would be the one thing you'd want us to start doing and the one thing you'd want us to stop doing? As it relates to? Business, professional growth, any area in which you would come in and provide coaching services. Um, I would definitely want people to start investing in their personal development a lot more. Mm -hmm. Your personal growth is what makes your business, your financial growth sustainable. Right. So you constantly want to be growing and enlarging and expanding your own capacity. Right. Questioning why you believe what you thought you believe. Like what I believed six months ago is probably very different than what I believe now because I'm always like pushing the envelope on my beliefs and questioning my belief system. And it's how I grow. Right. And a lot of times we get very stuck and rigid in our mindsets and what it is that we believe and we don't grow. Right. So I would say just really investing in your growth. 20 minutes a day, you can read, audible, just something that you can can invest in your personal growth right. um, with from, from material that is other than what you currently believe. Right. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say that being committed to your own growth. And it's actually the best gift you can give to people you're in relationship with, to your children, to your significant other. A constantly evolved version of you is the greatest gift that you can give somebody. Right. right. Um, yeah. What would I want us to stop doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would love for us to stop settling. Mm. And we've had, you know, as black people, culturally and in our families, socially, we have a lot of hardships. We have a lot of things that are just in front of us. But if you if you really think about it, just like things that affect us economically, regardless of what is, people might hate me for this, but regardless of what's happening in the global economy, in the national economy, we have our own personal economies anyway. True. So we can we can make choices, better choices with within our, you know, within the resources and with the lives that we have. And we don't just have to settle for mediocrity and for, I, I see so many, it almost like brings me to tears. Well, no, it does bring me to tears when I can see the potential in somebody and what's possible. And they're, they just settle either because they can't see it or because they don't believe that they can reach it. Um, so I would definitely say stop settling because it's not just about you. It's about the legacy. It's about people who are coming behind you. And especially if you are a parent, the greatest gift that you can give to your family and, and to those that are coming behind you mm-hmm. is, you know, you living out more and more of your potential because that's what models for them that it's possible. Then they won't have to look to entertainers and rappers and celebrities as their role models when they I have like them in that. the house. I like that. So if we stop settling and we and we we just change the culture of our own families, then how are we sending our children out into the world? You know? Mm. So I would love for us to stop settling and just recreate just a different kind of legacy in our families. One that we're proud of. Yeah, I like that. And one that we're intentional about creating and not just by default. You gotta be strategic. I'm mm-hmm. with that. Well, at the end, we always hand the mic over to our guest. And let, it, let you say whatever it is that you want to say to the people, including how they can follow you, how they can see what you got going on next, and how they can contact you. So tell them whatever's on your heart to tell them. I know this might sound strange, and I've never been really big on followers. Okay. I like people that intentionally connect with me because I'm intentional about building authentic relationships. So you right. can have a million followers and not be connected. So I'm, yep. I'm, I'm very intentional about making connections. So if people want to connect with me, right. that's fine. Um, it's, I'm not opposed to followers. I'm oh just God, saying it's just like, you know, followers like, be and now what? Yeah. Just be yeah. very yeah. intentional yep. about in creating relationships. Exactly. Um you can find me at MindsetStrategyPartner.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Letitia DeSouz. You can find me on Instagram. Um, same thing, Dr. Letitia DeSouz. So I threw the doctor in there on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would just say that, you know, there's a scripture that speaks about loving others as you love yourself. But a lot of times we leave off the as you love yourself part. Yeah. So... Investing in your own growth and your own personal development is the best way that you can show up for yourself. And then you um, you have so much more to offer the world and to offer other people. I like to think of it as buffet versus the beggar. Yeah. You know, when you don't invest anything in yourself, you're kind of showing up in life like a beggar. And you're looking for outside resources and people to pour into you. But when you give to yourself first and you can love others as you love yourself, now you're the buffet and you, you just 
you know, you can just go through life and you you constantly have something to invest into other people. So yeah. I take the buffet approach. I, I am my biggest investment of time, attention, energy, and resources because I know what it requires to do the work that I do. Right. So the only way that I can show up full is if I'm constantly replenishing myself. And I would just admonish people who are so used to giving of themselves to give to themselves yeah. first and foremost and mm-hmm. make yourself your top priority and in investment. I think that's cool. I think when you when you give out of yourself to others, you you lose what it is that you need to sustain. But when you give to yourself first, you actually create more to then share with yourself and with others. Correct. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a drink from the fire hose kind of person. So you will find me by water. Yeah. You will find me by things that never run out. Water, sun, nature, God. Like I'm, 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 I'm attached to infinite resources yeah. because I need to it constantly replenish, replenish myself. Like and if I put that requirement on people, then I'm going to come up short. True. So I find True. ways to replenish myself. Cool. Well, while Black listeners, you know it. All of her information will be in the episode description so you can find her there. Um, the thing that I'll tell you in closing is I, I love when we can do these type episodes because today's really not about being black. It's about being better. What you'll find out is if you look out there and you look at the strongest among you, that all the ones who are strong and successful and profitable are doing so with help. No man is an island and no woman is either. They're not doing it on their own even if they're not telling you where their help is coming from. We've talked about it before with professional help from the standpoint of mental illness or medicine or whatnot. And this is just another cog in that wheel. We can't do any of this alone. So go out there and find the help that it is that you need to get from where you're going to where you want to be. That's all we got today. Peace. Yeah. Bye, guys. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.